0: Thank you for welcoming us into your space today that you're setting aside to connect with God. We are honored to be part of this special moment with you.
1: The cool thing is is that you guys are watching this, engaging with this service in so many different ways, right? Mm -hmm. Some of us, we're actually on a big screen TV right now, which Mm -hmm. is a little intimidating. Uh, Some of us are on a mobile device or a, a laptop, Um, Maybe it's a Wednesday afternoon and you're driving in your car listening to us. Um, Whatever situation you find yourself in, um, man, we are so honored that you have welcomed us into your time. And we do believe that God is going to do some really good things in our time here together. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Michael, what are some places you have watched service before?
1: Um, I've definitely done it in my car. devices. I I do on my my, uh, phone, often in my laptop usually if i'm at home uh, one of my four kids is interrupting me trying me to get them on a device or something else um so it's not always solely focused on on what's going on yep yeah i'm sure you can relate oh
0: yeah i've i've watched service with my entire family on the tv or on my phone in the bathroom when I'm getting ready what, and I'm okay. like, I want to listen to, no, no, like putting makeup oh, no, on, sure, sure. do my hair.
1: <laughs> you don't have to play anything to me, Mariana.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the car, driving on a trip in the car. Okay. And I love that and just put it in the car and I get to check yeah. with my husband about it. Yeah. So wherever you are, we're blessed to be in this moment with you. Yeah.
1: And if you, want, if you want any information about the things going on at Christ Community, we really encourage you to engage in the newsletter. Yeah. And uh, there is a link to that newsletter below that you can check out everything that's going on.
0: So, yeah, just
1: click on it. One of the things uh, that, that are coming, coming down the pipe here in a couple uh, weekends is uh, we get to have a Compassion Weekend as a church um, where we get to partner with Compassion International and um, really get to focus uh, our heart as a church really on a community uh, there in Peru, which is an area that we're already connected with deeply. Mm-hmm. And um, and we get to partner with them and possibly um, support some 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 of the kids there. Mm-hmm. And we're just super excited about that. We wanted to, to let you know about that if you haven't heard about it yet. Yeah. Um, there's definitely more information in the newsletter there about that.
0: Yeah, and how Compassion works is that you pick a child for you to sponsor and it's like $38 a month and you can change the journey of this child. So just be praying about it. We're very excited to join it together as a church to adopt this entire community and make a difference there in Peru. So this entire service will happen the first weekend of February.
1: So, Mariana, I just want to ask you real quick before we go into the message, how are you? Like, as we come into this space, as we get ready to hear a message from Alan, where are you? Like, where is your heart at right now? I know your kids just went back to school mm-hmm. in person, yep. right? Um, yeah. As a mom, as as a woman, how are you entering into this space today?
0: Mm. This morning, actually, when I was driving here, my phone popped up this this song I didn't necessarily pick, it was part of the playlist, and it was that Because He Lives. Mm. It's an oldie, yeah. but it was a, a, in Portuguese and this crowd singing and And I think that's where my heart is at today. It's that because He lives, I can face tomorrow. Hmm. That really touched my heart. That's where I'm at today. Just um, how do we face tomorrow? You know, that's what I'm thinking about. How do I face tomorrow? And just kind of sitting in that that truth. And obviously all that we've been going through, but with the kids going to school, you know, it's... Yeah. Yeah, big things. How about you?
1: Man, I, I feel like I'm um, I'm just hungry, I think. I'm just really hungry for the presence of God. I'm really hungry um, for how He wants to reveal Himself today. And uh, man, this series has been really good for mm-hmm. my heart as well. Yeah. Um, just to realize that um, He wants to reveal Himself to us. And um, so I'm looking forward to that uh, today as we engage in our yeah. time together.
0: Yeah, um, why don't you pray for us so we can get started? I will. Yeah. So
1: Father, we... Um, God, wherever we find ourselves uh, today, um, wherever our heart is at, um, whether we're um, just kind of coming down from a uh, a stressful time or whether our hearts are at peace and are at rest, um, whether there's been discussions or things going on in our hearts and our minds that have been uh, traumatic or difficult for us, um, God, we come into this space right now to hear your word and we ask you to come and speak to us and to change our hearts and to lead us into uh, a deeper place with you. God, this weekend, as we celebrate uh, around the country, uh, the sanctity of human life, mm-hmm. um, God, we give you glory and praise for the life that comes only from you. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, that you said that you have come to bring life and to bring it abundantly. Um, so God, everybody involved uh, in that area of the sanctity of human life, um, God, we just speak a blessing over them. We speak your your wisdom and your heart over them as well. Um, and God, today I ask as we enter into this time, would you bring that life, um, that love, that goodness to us as we engage in the message right now. Mm-hmm. Speak blessing over Alan as he brings the word and, uh, and help us to see you in a new and a fresh way today. Yeah. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's enjoy the sermon together. Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, Christ community, family, so glad you are watching this wherever you are. I'm just glad to be a part of your journey with Jesus. Today we're finishing up a three-week teaching series entitled The Gaze That Transforms. In this series, we're learning about and practicing together a biblically-rooted tool that God has given to us that can enable us to experience Him in a more real transformative way i call this tool biblical imaging or biblical envisioning biblical imaging is basically this idea of using our god-given capacity to envision things in our mind in order to experience them more fully in our lives now this ability to image or envision things in our minds is something we utilize and leverage all the time often without realizing it When, when i say the name John Elway or Carrie Underwood, you know, you you don't think of a paragraph of words. You immediately see a picture in your mind. And that picture may have some emotion attached to it, depending upon how you feel, about that person. Maybe a Carrie Underwood song helped you get through a really difficult time. And so when you hear her name and you see that image, it creates a, a positive emotion. Maybe you have questioned some of John Elway's recent draft picks. And so the image created in your mind, you know, it produces this negative emotion. The point is that your instinctive ability to image or picture someone in your mind makes that person more real to you than simply words on a page. Now, this reality has huge spiritual implications. So often in Christian circles, we're taught this idea that transformation happens by just knowing the right information, being able to recite a Bible verse or answer a question correctly, you know, that if you know the right information about Jesus, you will be transformed by Jesus. But that's not how real change happens in our lives. It doesn't happen simply by listening to more and more podcasts or more sermons or whatever. Real change happens when we encounter and experience the truth deep in our being. And this is where the practice of biblical imaging can be so powerful in our lives. It, It can help the truths of scripture become more real to us, more alive in our hearts. So in the first week of this series, two weeks ago, we we laid out a biblical foundation for this practice. And then last week, in week two, we applied that to our image of God, focusing on Psalm 27, verse 4, where David finds confidence in the midst of his fears by choosing to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, choosing to put in his mind an image of how amazing God is. Now, as we talked about last week, our image or our perception of God has a huge impact on our every, on, on everyday spiritual lives, every area of our spiritual lives, huge impact. And so if you missed either of those messages, I encourage you to listen to them on our app or our website. You know, I can't emphasize enough how significant this practice is in our spiritual journey with Jesus. Well, today I want to I want to explore this even further by looking at a New Testament passage in which this practice is described. And then we're going to spend some time talking about some practical ways we can implement biblical imaging in our lives in order to more fully experience God. So if you have your Bible, Bible app, feel free to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of believers in the city of Corinth And at the end of chapter 3, Paul writes these words. Even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This is God's word. Okay, so a little bit of background may be helpful here. What is this veil that Paul is talking about? Well, this is a reference to a passage in the Old Testament, in the book of uh, the Old Testament book of, of Exodus, where Moses went up on the mountain. And he spent 40 days in God's presence. And when he came down the mountain, his face was actually glowing. It was radiating God's glory. It was glowing with the glory of God. Now, now some of for some of us, this word glory feels like a really churchy word, you know, but it's, it's a really important word for us to understand um, because it is found throughout the Bible. The word glory, don't be put off by it. The word glory refers to the wonder and the fullness of who God is. So as Moses spent time in God's presence, his face started shining with the brilliance of God's presence. And that kind of freaked everyone else out. And so Moses, when he came down the mountain, he put a veil on his face, over his face, to cover or to hide from the people this manifestation of God's splendor. And so in this passage in 2 Corinthians, Paul uses that story as an allegory or an analogy of what is happening today. Paul says that anyone who doesn't know Jesus has a veil covering their hearts. This veil keeps them from seeing, from experiencing the fullness of God's presence. But when a person comes to Christ, notice what happens. Paul says the veil is taken away, which means that we are now free to experience the presence of God in a real way, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so, so how does this happen? Well, check out verse 18. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory. This word translated contemplate can also be translated reflect or behold as in a mirror. It's basically describing what we have been talking about in this series. This capacity we have Once we turn to Christ, once we come to know Christ, this capacity we have to envision God, to place in our minds an image of the glory of God, to gaze upon Him. That's what this is talking about. But here's what we have that Moses didn't have. We have Jesus. We have Jesus. We have a tangible expression of God in the person of Jesus. A few verses later, Paul talks about the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Jesus is the image of God. Jesus shows us exactly what God is like. And this is why Hebrews 1.3 says, The Son, S-O-N, Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. I mean, this is amazing. Jesus... Is an exact representation of the radiance of God's glorious presence. He shows us exactly what God is like. And this is why Paul in 2 Corinthians 3 is urging us to gaze on Jesus, to gaze upon Jesus, to behold his glory. He, he's not talking about us being able to physically see Jesus. He's talking about us envisioning Jesus in our minds and our hearts using our God-given capacity to image things in order to see and experience Jesus. Now, here's what is so powerful and so cool about this. Notice what Paul says happens when we do this. Check out verse 18 again. And we all who with unveiled faces, our faces are unveiled now, we contemplate the Lord's glory. As we contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory. Look at that. When we gaze on the Lord Jesus the way we're talking about, when we're envisioning that, when we engage, when we when we gaze on the Lord Jesus, we are transformed into his image. We become like him. Now, before we talk about more specifics about how we do that with Jesus, I want us to uh, to, to take a step back here and to ponder for a moment the broader implications of what Paul is saying here. I mean, think about this. Here, here's what Paul is saying. We become what we behold. We become what we behold. In other words, we are shaped by whatever captures our gaze, by whatever thoughts, images, pictures that we find beautiful In other words, the things that we're looking to for life. What are the things that occupy our imagination? What are the things that occupy our thinking? Whatever they are, they're actually shaping who we're becoming. For instance, I I recently read an article about how more and more women are using filters to change their appearance on social media so that they look more attractive based on the world's standard. And I just wonder what kind of long-term impact does that have on how they feel about themselves? What kind of long-term impact does that have upon their emotional well-being? See, we are shaped by the things we gaze upon. Another example of of being shaped by what we gaze upon is the whole area of pornography. Our, Our society wants us to believe this idea that porn is harmless and maybe even helpful to our marriage or whatever, but but more and more scientific research is revealing that porn actually rewires our brain. The images we look at in porn actually shape our sexual desires. Many porn users find that they're now attracted to images that they previously were disgusted by. What is that about? It's about this biblical principle. We become like that which we behold. What we think about, what we fantasize about, what we envision in our minds shapes who we are becoming. One other example of this. I've noticed over the past few months that the more I gaze upon and focus on all the political turmoil and division in our nation, the angrier I become. The less loving I become toward people I disagree with. It is shaping the kind of person I'm becoming. See, if I'm becoming a more angry person, it's because I'm gazing upon something other than Christ. If I'm becoming a more fearful person, it's because I'm gazing on something other than Jesus. Both the Bible and now neuroscience Agree on this point. What we think about, what we gaze upon, significantly impacts who we're becoming. All right, so let's turn a corner and talk about the positive side of this, which Paul articulates here in Second Corinthians and elsewhere in the New Testament. Actually, here's what Paul saying When we choose to gaze upon Jesus, the way we're talking about, we put in our mind an image of Jesus. When we choose to gaze upon Jesus we are transformed into His image. We become more like Him. As we gaze upon His compassion, we become more compassionate. As we gaze upon His love, we not only experience His love, we also become more loving. As we gaze upon His power, our faith rises within us and we are able to trust Him more fully. To gaze upon Jesus is to place ourselves in a posture in which we can be transformed by him. Okay, so let's get really practical and talk about how we grow in our gazing upon Jesus, how, how we can incorporate biblical imaging into our everyday lives. And, and, and the really cool thing is that many of these things I'm gonna mention here, they're things we're already doing, and we can easily incorporate this practice into that. Okay, so the first area I wanna mention is just scripture reading reading the Bible. The practice of biblical imaging can greatly enhance how we experience and engage in the Bible. If you find your Bible reading to be boring or uninteresting or kind of hard to connect with, if that, and there's no shame in that, a lot of people experience that. But if that's your experience of kind of reading the Bible, let me encourage you to try engaging Scripture with biblical imaging. In other words, try to envision the passage that you're reading. Try to envision that in your mind. We did this two weeks ago with Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. Don't just read those words, image them. Put in your mind a picture of God being your shepherd and then begin to feel the impact of that truth. I mean, so much of Scripture is written for the purpose of engaging our ability to envision or image things. It's written To do that, it just it's written for that purpose, and it does that. And so, why don't we leverage that as we read the Bible? Another way to use your your Bible read use this in your Bible reading is to actually place yourself in a particular passage you're reading. We did this last week with the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, but you can do this with any number of passages. What if you, for instance, what if you put yourself in the story of the disciples experiencing a storm? on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. Imagine yourself being one of the disciples in that moment. What what are you feeling? What are you thinking? And then what happens in your heart when Jesus wakes up and he tells the storm to be still? Place yourself in the story. Or what if you imagined yourself as one of the disciples and you see Jesus come up to you and look you in the eyes and say to you, follow me, follow me. What if you envisioned that in your mind? This is all Bible, but what we're doing is we're, inten- as we're, is we're intentionally reading it, not simply for information. We're engaging our God-given capacity to image things in order to experience scriptural truth more deeply a second area in which we can use biblical imaging is in worship why is it that some people love to worship and praise god and other people feel bored you know why are we repeating these words again you know why are we singing this chorus again i think it's more than just tradition or personality what i have found is that people who love to worship and are fully engaged in worship Those are people who are consciously or subconsciously engaging in the practice of biblical imaging as they worship. They may not even be aware of this, but I believe often in people who love to worship, this is what's happening. Not only are they singing about God being on his throne, they are seeing that in their mind. They're envisioning Jesus on his throne. Not only are they singing about the tomb being empty, they are seeing that in their mind. They are placing in their mind images, pictures of what they're singing about. And, and that makes the words of these songs come alive in their hearts and the truths of these songs come alive in their hearts. So let me just say, look, the next time you're singing in worship and you start to kind of get bored or you start to wonder, why are we repeating this chorus over and over again? I want to encourage you in that moment, when you start to think about that, I want to encourage you in that moment, Engage in biblical imaging. Envision in your mind. Engage this part of your mind. Envision in your mind what you're singing about. Let your mind and your heart create an image of the truth of what is being said, sung. And then let that truth come alive in your heart. I think it's, you're going to find worship more engaging when you do this. It, it will become more meaningful to you. A third area in which biblical imaging can be helpful is prayer. When when we're praying for someone, rather than simply praying with words, what if as you're praying with words, what if you envisioned Jesus doing the very thing you're praying about? What if you envisioned him surrounding this person with his love or his peace? What if you envisioned him holding this person in his arms? What if you envisioned him walking with them? as they're walking through a dark valley? Or what if you envisioned Him touching them and bringing healing to their heart or their body? See, for me, this practice of of biblical imaging when I'm praying, it helps make my prayers feel more real and impactful. I'm just imaging the very thing I'm asking Jesus to do, which leads to a fourth area in which biblical imaging can be helpful. And that's the area of faith, faith. We all know that faith is, is a really important part of our walk with God. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. I mean, faith can move mountains. I mean, so so we know faith is important. So how can we grow in our faith? Well, well, in Hebrews 11:1, we're given this definition of faith. It says, "Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see." Okay, in other words, we live by faith and not by sight, right? Now, here's what's so fascinating. In the rest of it, when you read the rest of this chapter, the writer of Hebrews describes multiple people who are living by faith, who demonstrated faith. Abraham, Moses, Sarah, Enoch, Noah, to name a few. But I want you to notice what is said about these people in verse 13, Hebrews 11, 13. Look at this. He says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Now, hold it. Earlier in verse 1, we were told that faith is the assurance of what we do not see. And yet here, we are told that these people saw things that they were promised. In what, in, 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 in what way did they see them? In their minds, in their hearts, that they envisioned them happening so much so that they were able to endure hardship and difficulties, even death, knowing those promises were eventually going to happen. See, their ability to envision God's promises actually stirred their faith in God. What we see here is that biblical imaging can help stir our faith as we envision certain promises of God coming true in us. Now, please hear me. I'm not talking about a name it, claim it sort of thing, where if you just image, imagine yourself getting a new BMW, God's going to give that to you. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about choosing in our minds to envision what our life would be like if we fully believed God's word. Let me explain. I was talking with someone a while back, and they were describing some things that they had going on that day. And and they were talking about how they dreaded these, dreaded some of these things because it, one of them meant meeting a new group of people and then, you know, it was all the awkwardness, social, you know, just the awkwardness, the insecurity, all that stuff. <clears throat> so they were describing these things going on that day and how they were kind of dreading that. And so I'd been studying this biblical imaging stuff, um, thinking about it. And so I gently encouraged them to try a different approach. I said, look, instead of envisioning these negative scenarios happening today, when you go to that no one talks to you and you feel really awkward and all that, instead of envisioning those scenarios, why don't you take some time before you go to these events, take some time and prayerfully envision yourself going into that gathering as a beloved child of God, that as you go into that gathering, yeah, new people are there, but you are joyfully secure in your identity. See yourself with a smile on your face and a confidence in God's love for you and that you don't have to impress anyone. See, the reality is we are creating scenarios in our minds all the time. We do this all the time we're envisioning how certain conversations or certain work situations are going to go before they even happen and a lot of times honestly what we're envisioning is negative oh i always do terrible in job interviews or i always hate interacting with new people it's always so awkward and all that stuff. You know, we're envisioning the negative is it any surprise that often these negative things that we're envisioning actually happen See, what if we used biblical imaging to change how we think about those things? What if we envisioned ourselves experiencing God's presence and us before it even happens? We envisioned ourselves walking into that job interview with a confidence in Him. What if in our battle with some sin, some temptation, what if we took some time and envisioned ourselves saying no to that sin? And we envisioned ourselves walking in freedom from that. What if we envisioned the impact that would have on our emotional well-being and our relationships? See, we're, we're seeing in our mind something that God has for us. The Bible says, God has these things for us, right? We're seeing that in our mind. I mean, that's what the people in Hebrews 11 were doing. They had an image in their mind of God's promises happening. And that image stirred their faith in the midst of difficult struggles. Even to the point where some of they didn't receive in this life some of the things that God promised, but they knew they would receive them in the next life, in the life to come. Their faith was being stirred, even in the midst of difficulty, by imaging these things that God had promised them. So I would encourage you, in a practical way here, think of an area in your life that you want to grow in. Think of a, a situation in which you would love to experience that situation differently, where you'd love to have more peace at work you'd love to have more love for a particular person you'd love to have more christ-centeredness in it in your family whatever and and i want you to take some time you want to grow in that so take some time and just prayerfully envision that happening in in your mind envision what it would look like for you today to walk into work with a confidence in the lord what it would look like to interact with a family member and just being secure in in God's love for you. What would it look like for you to fully believe that God can be trusted? Let that image stir in you faith that that is exactly what God can do. Now, again, I'm not saying God will do that. Faith is not a tool to manipulate God. Faith is a response to the goodness of God. Our faith in God can be enhanced by our choosing to envision His goodness in a real way in our lives. Now, there's one more area in which biblical imaging can be so powerful. And and, and this is an area that's been huge for me. It's what's sometimes referred to as resting in Christ. Resting in Christ. Now, instead of telling you about this, Um, I want to lead you in a prayer time in which we can practice this together so then you can do this on your own because you've already been through this. And so I want you to close your eyes if you're comfortable. You're in a place you can do this. If not, I'd encourage you to maybe stop this recording. Go to a place where you can be by yourself. You can be quiet because I think this will be way more meaningful if you actually do this with me. So close your eyes. And let me just pray for us. Father, I pray for everyone who's engaging in this practice right now. I pray protection over our minds and hearts. And I pray that you would help us use our God-given capacity to image things in our minds in order to experience you more fully. We pray for that, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so as your eyes are closed, I want you to imagine yourself in a very peaceful place it could be a real place maybe some when you were growing up a place you would go to it would be peaceful for you it could be an imagined place maybe a beach or a grove of trees or whatever but i want you to just imagine yourself in this very peaceful place And engage all of your senses maybe hear the ocean waves crashing maybe you can hear birds in this grove of trees and you can smell the fresh air just engage your senses you just want to be fully present in this place and now in that place i want you to to envision yourself, sit, yourself sitting on a bench in this peaceful place. You're sitting on a bench. Just enjoy being there. Enjoy being in this peaceful place. Okay, now I want you to keep your eyes closed. I want you to envision you're in that place. You're sitting on this bench, this peaceful place. I want you to envision that Jesus comes into that place and he stands in front of you. Now, don't get hung up on color of his eyes, color of his hair, all that stuff. Just imagine him being there in front of you. He's just standing in front of you. Imagine him smiling. His heart is filled with love for you. He wants to be there with you. Now again, we're just doing what... The Bi- we're just imaging what the Bible says is true. Jesus is with us. The Bible says that. So we're just using our ability to image things to experience that. Okay, so now Jesus is standing in front of you. You're sitting on this bench. I, I want you to think about a burden that you're carrying. It may be uh, it's just something that's weighing on you. Maybe it's a, a worry, a concern something you're feeling anxious about. Maybe it's an area of sin you're struggling with. Maybe it's a relationship. But whatever it is, I want you to imagine you're holding that in your hands. And as you're imagining that, I want you to just look at this and just see what does this burden look like in your imagination? What does it look like Does it have a shape to it? Does it have a color? Is there a weight to it? What what does that look like? So now I want you to envision yourself handing this burden to Jesus. You were holding it and now I want you to envision you're handing it to Jesus. Just let him have it. And as you do that, I want you to I want you to notice what Jesus does with that burden. Now, let's just take a moment and just ask him, Jesus, is there anything you want to give me in exchange? And just receive whatever he has to give you. Now, I want you to imagine that he comes. Imagine that he's been standing in front of you. He took this burden. He gave you something in exchange. Now, I just want you to imagine, and and even if you aren't able to track with all this, I want you to imagine now just Jesus. He comes over to the bench that you're sitting on, and he sits right beside you. And he puts his arm around you. And imagine that he says to you i love you you belong to me i am with you now just enjoy being in his presence just sit there for a few more moments just enjoy being with him Okay, so you can look up at me now. So how was that experience? I want to just remind us, all the things I was suggesting you to to image in your mind are things that the Bible says are true. We are to cast our cares upon the Lord, that He is with us, that He loves us. So envisioning Jesus telling you that He loves you you're just imaging what the Bible says is true, but the idea is that as we image this, it can become more real to us. And I hope that that um, was a place of rest. This idea of resting in Christ—it's just a very peaceful experience of His His love for you. Now, don't be discouraged if your mind wandered. That's very very normal. Don't be discouraged. Also, if you got stuck somewhere, this is really important. I mentioned this last week. I want to mention it again. For instance, maybe you saw this burden you were carrying. And and then when I told you to give it to Jesus, you couldn't, maybe you couldn't let go of it. Well, that's something you need to explore further with the Lord. He would love to process this further with you. You can, in in time and prayer, just go back to that place and say, Lord, why can't I give this to you? A lot of times it's because there's someone we need to forgive, it's rooted in a hurt, and we're carrying bitterness. So it may be related to forgiveness. It may be related to something else. But the Lord can show you that. And again, I just want to mention our Hope Abounds prayer ministry. This is what they do in Hope Abounds. You can sign up for a Hope Abounds prayer time, and, and this is they'll help you walk through some of these places where you feel stuck in some of these things. Um, now, again, the resting in Christ, what we just did, that's one way to do this there, there, there are other, many, many others, right? The point is, the key really is quieting your heart, being in a peaceful place, and then just envisioning Jesus being with you and, and saying to you what in His Word He says and does. Just imagine Him loving you and, and all those things that the Bible says are true. That's all resting in Christ is. Envisioning Him feeling about you the way the Bible says He does. And in that place, there's a peacefulness. There's a a rest in that, an experience of resting in His love. As I talked about last week, what will happen over time, the more you practice this, is that God can begin to heal heart wounds with His love. He, He can begin to gently bring truth into lies you've believed about Him based on painful experiences in your past, um, as we talked about last week, you begin to uh, bring a more accurate image of who He is, rather than the misperception you've had about Him being mad at you, or a dis- you're a disappointment to Him, or whatever. That there's healing there, and again, this is how real transformation happens in our lives. It's not simply by knowing God loves you; it's but it's by experiencing in your heart how high and wide and long and deep. Is the love of Christ for you? Now, as I mentioned last week, if you want to explore this further, um, there is a book I'd recommend. It's called "Seeing Is Believing" by Pastor Greg Boyd. It's very, very helpful. He looks at this practice uh, not only biblically but historically, how the Christians have utilized this throughout the centuries, and then he looks at it practically. As I mentioned last week, he's kind of a theological nerdy type guy. And so, so um, he's kind of an intellectual, and yet he also experiences Jesus in real ways. And he describes how that happens in his own life. And then he has some amazing stories of how this impacts other people in terms of healing and wholeness. So uh, I highly recommend that book, Seeing is Believing. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for what you've been teaching us these past three weeks and I want to pray that we would grow in, our, um, in this practice. As we practice, we would grow in this ability, leveraging this God-given ability to experience spiritual truths more deeply. I pray for healing of wounds in our hearts. I pray for the exposing of lies we believed and that we would have in our hearts a biblically accurate image of who you are. And it would enhance our prayer life. It would enhance our worship. It would enhance our faith. It would enhance our experience of your love. And so I want to pray that for everyone watching this, that you would help us grow in gazing upon you so that we are more and more transformed into your image, Jesus. We love you. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray.
3: just want to continue in this posture of um, just working and, and, and wrestling with what the Lord is stirring up in us now after this message and, um, you know, we purposely chose this song uh, that has a lot of imagery about Jesus and fixing our eyes on him and so if you just want to close your eyes and just listen and picture all the things that we're singing today uh, feel free to do that continue to worship the Lord picture him in our mind's eye as we worship him I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me I see his wounds his hands, his feet my Savior praise His name forevermore for endless days. We will sing Your praise O oh Lord O oh Lord our God and On the third at break of dawn the Son My gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. Let's sing that again. You shall return in robes of white. The blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise. My gaze transfixed on Jesus.
1: YOU, BUT I'M REALLY LOOKING FORWARD um, TO DIGGING INTO THIS A LOT MORE TOGETHER AND JUST REALLY uh, SEEKING TO SEE THE BEAUTIFUL AND THE GOODNESS OF GOD uh, IN in MY TIME THROUGHOUT THE REST OF THIS WEEK. SO, HEY, WOULD YOU LEAD US IN A BLESSING?
0: YEAH, I'LL DISMISS YOU WITH A BLESSING. MY FRIENDS, MAY THE LORD BLESS YOU TODAY. MAY HE GIVE YOU A CLEAR VISION. Of his heart, Mm. of his goodness, of his beauty. May your eyes, the eyes of your heart, be enlightened today as you seek him, as you pursue to experience him in this fresh and transformative way. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Have A a good rest of your day. Bless you.